0: It's affecting your engagement. It's affecting how you're connecting with your team. And again, in a workplace, everyone is emoting. Everyone is feeling emotions. Everyone is feeling them. Everyone is thinking. Everybody is acting. All this is happening all in a team environment. And now it's affecting productivity. Now it's affecting how you're interacting (laughs) with each other, your clients, your customers, and so on. And again, a lot of people are like, keep your emotions away not realizing emotions are a part of us so whenever people say um, to someone you're so emotional i'm like you are too what's up guys and welcome to another episode of the leader said trends podcast with yours truly aisha thomas i'm so glad you are back with me this week it's been crazy i have been Listen, I'm graduating in May and it's been grind mode, but I am super excited to bring you another episode and it's another interview that I did with Sherrod Shuler over at the Behind the Ground podcast, so make sure you guys go check that out. And we talked about so many great things from emotional literacy and why that's needed in leadership. We talked about how I was pushed into leadership when I was a follower and how that pushed is driving me to lead. We talked about so many things to prepare leaders for the future of organizational development and what to look for. And listen, if you don't have your notepad, your note-taking material, I don't know what you're waiting for, but go grab it right now. All right. So as always, all right, get plugged in, get tuned in and let's get into today's
1: message. This week, I'm so excited for the guests that I have in the grind seat today. As you can see, I have an individual that really knows about the grind. I know it sounds like I say that every every time in every episode, but I really bring guests on here that really know the grind. And so the person that I have in the grind seat definitely knows it. Let me just kind of give you a little intro. I'm going to try to do the best I can, but my guest is a, multi, a multiple win, award winner for her professional and community service from improving organizational culture and practice while developing managers, teams, and the next generation of leaders in today's youth. In addition, um, my guest has provided mentorship, trained um, for um, JROTC programs, as well as at-risk schools. Her service focuses on mindset, which began in 2003, where she joined the United States Air Force. Oh, wow. proudly served our country during peacetimes and global conflict. She has won the non-commissioned officer of the year award in 2019 as, a, as leadership skills, process improvements, and program development expertise stood out within her organization. As a migrant from West Africa, she is an organizational development leadership consultant, a trainer, executive coach, a professional speaker. This award-winning executive trainer Aims to train and develop leaders and teams to improve performance, resiliency, workplace culture, emotional intelligence, and diverse talent. She is also, I should say, a certified coach and speaker by the number one motivational speaker in the world, our our very own Dr. Eric Thomas. And most importantly, she's a mother. She's a sister. She's a daughter. So without further ado, let me introduce to my Behind the Grind family, my guest, Aisha Thomas. Welcome to Behind the Grind. How are you?
0: good. Thank you for having me. Such an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Really, it's such an honor for you to be here on our program. You know, I've been waiting to get you on the program i've asked you uh you know a little way a while back but your schedule has been extremely busy but we have worked out a way for uh today for us to meet and before i get into that i do you know when i'm reading through your bio and reading through all the things that you've done there's so many things that i didn't even realize you've done but most importantly i want to just thank you for our for your service you know the service that you've done for our country and um and all the things that you've done so with that being said i really want to thank you for uh, serving our country and those that you serve so with that being said how are you doing
0: i'm doing good doing good and yes it's been busy it's been crazy just wearing so much hat i'm also in school so um i'm, I'm about to wrap yeah. up my last semester my <laughs> master's program so it's it's a lot but i'm glad we're finally here and i'm again honored just to be um, here to have this conversation with you today
1: Awesome. You know, I felt uh, uh, I left out one thing, you know, you're a fellow podcaster as well. And you have a a dope podcast that I get a chance to check out from time to time. If I'm not mistaken, it's called what the leader set trend podcast. Is that what it's called?
0: Um, (laughs) And again, you know, the goal is to be that leader that does set trends, you know, does things differently, but it's all within the scope of. Um, pushing that organization, leaders, team members towards um, things that are going to benefit that space in that environment. So yes, Leaders That Turns Podcast. Yeah. So check it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's an some- there's some yeah, there's some nuggets that you drop there, and some conversations that you have. Uh, so any of my listeners, if you just love leadership and and, and want to grow in that space, uh, this is definitely a podcast that you want to listen to. Now let's talk about your, your your weekend. You know this week, past weekend, you got a chance to uh, speak on, I should say, on the, the the stage, the virtual stage, all of that because we're doing all kinds of things these days, uh, virtually and in person. But you got a chance to speak on one of the the stage for the number one motivational speaker, as we mentioned, uh, the Game Changers. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and, and 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 what the what your role was and and what you spoke about this past weekend? Yeah,
0: within the Game Changers program, it's really a, a program. Although it's, it says uh, speaker development, it really is helping um, coaches trainers, hosts, um, those that want to use communication as a means to connect with an audience. Um, you have individuals who want to share a story. You have individuals who have some type of expertise, and their goal is to um, support um, that audience, whoever it is, from youth all the way to, again, organizations, adults, you know, trauma survivors, mm-hmm. just a multitude of um, audiences and populations. Um, to again transform them. So, as a coach within the program, we really help them, you know, um, navigate, um, you know, navigate how to do the business of speaking. Um, help them right. really. Um, work on effective communication skills, how to Hmm. package a story, how to effectively deliver a message, Um, just the art of utilizing communication and building that business um, to really get in front of that audience. Um, So this weekend, I was able to speak on the topic of um, the brand beyond the stage because a lot of people Hmm. are like, I want to be on stage. But for me, (laughs) there's so many different pockets of um, individuals, how you show up as a, again, using, I don't want to say as a speaker, but using communication. So you have those that are, Hey, I want to be on the stage. I'm in that motivational sector, but you have individuals who are trainers. I fit more in that trainer category. I teach. Mm -hmm. I like to be in groups. Mm -hmm. I like to be, um, in spaces where like I have a, um, adjunct professor role that I'll be doing, um, later on in the year. Mm -hmm. So I like to be in that teacher trainer role. I just love being in those spaces where I can transform a group. An organization, a team. Um, so I fit in that pocket where you have individuals who are like amazing at hosting are amazing at coaching. Mm -hmm. I do coaching as well. So you have some people who are touching a multitude of pockets. So I was talking about, okay, Mm -hmm. I know the stage and doing that keynote is a goal, but let's talk about the other opportunities that you have beyond the stage where you can work with a team, where you can work with a, or coach an executive, where you can um, build a curriculum and work with the university, some things that I've been able to do. So just really um, allowing those that are maybe aspiring to, to look at, the bigger picture of how they can, again, use their expertise to impact the masses. So just a great opportunity. And then you had individuals who um, went through the program who graduated as well. So shout out to them for, you know, going through that cohort, that three months, and um, putting the work in to now get to the other side of now it's time to uh, take that message and continue (laughs) to build and grow.
1: You know, it's a fascinating program. I had an opportunity. Actually, that's how we actually met through that program. And it's a fascinating program. You're right. When you start a program like that, you may just think, oh, it's only the stage. But there's so many facets uh, of of speaking and in different spaces. Like you said, some people aren't just keynote speakers. Some people do multiple things. Maybe they're just selling their business, able to get on stage and and, and talk about their products, their services. It's so many things that you learn. And, And again, you're learning from some of the best in the game when it comes to speaking. And you're one of those coaches. And I'm so proud of you. You're, you're actually one of the ones that when individuals come through, you're actually uh, giving them critiques, you're giving them feedback. And, uh, you know, some things that some secrets that we talk about, we put them through the reps, right? And you put them through the reps and you, you get a chance to coach them through their process. But at the end, many of them probably always come back and thank you for how you have helped them polish their speech, polish what they're trying to say, try to articulate what they're trying to say to really uh, communicate the message that they want their audience to receive. And so uh, shout outs to what you guys are doing there. You guys are definitely just continually to level up in that space. And you're one of those individuals that's helping to level up that program. So shout outs to you about that. But before we, get, so you, you're into speaking, but let's, let's, let's go back a little bit, right? You know, I mentioned earlier in your bio that you, um, you're, you're a migrant from West Africa. How did you get from being a migrant from West Africa to a, to place you are today and the place where you're in leadership and you're speaking? How did that happen? Yeah,
0: it's so interesting because um, I like to tell people all the time, like leadership wasn't something I aspired to do. Um, being a migrant and um, just transitioning from one country, from one culture. I mean, and I, I love these conversations because when I do diversity, equity, and inclusion conversations, and I really want um, those individuals in team environments and organizations to expand their minds and look at people outside of just seeing color skin or sex or, you know, name or what their attire is, looking beyond the person. I love these conversations and worldview. Um, I share my story and I talk about, you know, my military experience and I talk about my migrant experience and travel experience and how that has allowed me to see the world differently. And now it allows me to look and see people differently because their stories give me a peek into who they truly are versus the external. Um, so for me as a migrant coming to the U S again, it's like a totally different culture shock. Um, you are literally transitioning from, um, how a, you know, a certain language, um, a certain dress attire, um, just, just a, a whole nother from one culture in, How you were, you know, pretty much saw the world into a whole nother world that you're unfamiliar with. And navigating that was pretty hard. Um, So navigating it for me became um, introversion. Navigating that for me um, became just adapting to the environment. Navigating it for me became followership rather than leadership, so that adapting that I was doing, and it's so interesting because there's a lot of work that I do with psychometric tools. I know you're familiar with that, too, mm-hmm. with assessments like the disc and um, values and um, attributes and all these other assessments out there, um, strength finders and all that. Um, you start to learn, like, you know, adaptability and not being authentically who you are. Um, a lot of people do that as, as a as a tool for um Survival, so I was in survival mode and didn't even know that unconsciously. So I was navigating Mm -hmm. the world, uh, surviving because, again, you know, I wasn't accepted. You know, as a child, I navigated a lot of bullying, so it was like that. Adapting was a survival mode. That following wasn't a a survival tactic. So, you know, I find myself navigating the world like that, and you know, leadership landed on my lap because joining the military was a decision I made to, hey, my, my father, he worked in a bank for many years and he taught me a lot okay. about financial literacy. Um, and, you know, shout out to my parents because they also saw the opportunities in the United States. And that's one of the reasons why they brought me here because they mm. too were sacrificing and left everything that they had um, to bring us here for education and so on. So, you know, seeing all the things that their children were able to accomplish because of it, you know, I just appreciate them for that. But Um, you know, I was going to college and I was like, I don't want, I started to learn about the percentages and how much debt I will be in. And that's not something that your average college student is thinking about. I'm just like, I have to pay how much percentage back? How much student debt do I have? I said, Oh no. So I, my friend (laughs) talked to me about the air force. Well, actually she talked about me, talked to me about the military. So we Mm -hmm. checked out a few branches and I decided on the air force, um, joined and, Within a couple of weeks of being in basic training, um, there was like a, a, a they said, an urban legend that people who are tall, because I'm about 5'10", that people who are tall okay. um, were chosen to be leaders. Well, it wasn't an urban myth. It was a fact. And here I am, two weeks <laughs> within my time, and they're like, Airman Thomas, and I've run up, sir, Airman Thomas reports his orders, sir. You have to do this like, statement before you uh, speak to you an know, uh, um, uh, MTI, military training instructor, And he tells me I'm going to be a leader, be in a leadership role where I have to support and manage nine other young women. And here I am thrown into leadership, you know, and all I know is like God is positioning me to prepare me for what I do today and for teaching. Because the interesting thing is my mother told me like, oh, yeah, as a kid, you used to like call all your friends together and teach them i was like i was hey leadership development back when i was a kid and i didn't that's just what
1: you did right um
0: so pretty much it was the military i didn't realize that i was joining a leadership machine is what i call it pretty much that's what Mm. they're about as you move up as you develop as you move up in rank they are sending you to leadership schools they're embedding leadership principles Mm. you're being placed into leadership roles and although i was running and i was adapting to followership I was in a space where they were embedding leadership, right? And that's the beautiful thing. If you want to be a leader, you need to be in those environments. You want to be in those spaces that's talking about authenticity and really developing those skills with you. So you can truly be um, functioning in those spaces where you can be effective in um, whatever your strengths are. So that's how I ended up in leadership, you know, Um, going from adaptability, trying to navigate and understanding how to be, African in an American world and then I end up in leadership you know from like hey this is the this is what we're about here so hey figure it out and I figured it out and I've been in for 18 years and I've been leading ever since those two weeks crazy right
1: wow well, it, the, the crazy part is, is, like you said, you know, I, and I understand you, like you said, you were young and you probably had some leadership things there. But once someone actually puts you in that role and say, hey, you're going to lead mm-hmm. this group, that kind of changes yeah. things. It kind of, I'm sure trying to, you, you may have had some questions. You probably had to think, am I, I capable of doing fired. that?" Is those are the type of, oh, wow. Okay. Talk fired. about it. <laughs> oh my. Well, I, did,
0: I did it for two weeks. I think I might've la I, I got put in the position in two weeks. I finally got fired within two weeks. And the reason why is because I was in survival mode so much. I was afraid of confrontation. Mm. Um, I wasn't developing their skills. So um, we would have like inspections and we had like wall lockers where we had to like have our beds a certain way. We had to have our clothes a certain way. So instead of um, teaching, my other team members who were also the individuals I was supporting, how to do it or fix this. I was doing it for them. I would get up early or they were going. They were doing other tasks. I was fixing it for them. And after a while, going through the hustle and bustle of basic training, I got tired. And I was like, man, I don't feel like getting up today to to fix this stuff. I don't feel like, and I'm rushing out. And after a while, the MTI recognized, like, you guys aren't doing that well and he fired me so i had to watch someone else lead us i had to mm. get in line and that person became our leader but it fuels something in me and it feels yeah. something in me and i wanted another chance and literally once i got to technical training because once you are uh, go through basic training boot camp you now are going to a next phase of training where you're now i'm um, learning the technical skills uh depending on the job that you chose and that I now started to volunteer for leadership role and it's so funny. I was like, I'm, I'm going to fix this. And now I find myself now chasing leadership roles and wow. it was like nonstop since then. So I, yes, I got fired my first time.
1: That is interesting. That's interesting. So you know, wow. So that's interesting. So you took it as a challenge. You, you, and I'm, I'm assuming you took whatever was in front of you from a leadership uh, perspective to learn how to develop and grow. You, I think you realized at this point that it wasn't just a natural thing. You just someone just because I'm here, I'm leading. I think you realized what do I have to do? What blind yes. spots do I have to work on? What areas do I have to perfect in order to be a leader? Because ultimately now you've set the target. You set the goal that you wanted to be a leader. You had to do some some perfecting of yourself. And it may speak speak to, you know, I'm reading your, again, going back to your bio and reading to all of these tools and things that you've gone through and training you've gone through. It really speaks to the type of leader you really are. Um, and, and you've definitely taken on um, you know many challenges. I'm looking at you know you're getting ma- you working on a master's degree and, and while doing uh, other things, I'm like well, wow, how does she do it? But I see it. It's it's, it's really redefining yourself and constantly redefining yourself. Now, one aspect what you deal with is emotional intelligence. Now, I've heard this. Oftentimes, and people have talked about it, what exactly is that when it comes to, especially when it comes to just in general, but what when it comes to leadership, why is that important to have? It's
0: important to have because um, one of the things that we have to understand is emotional literacy is extremely important. Um, So emotional intelligence, Mm -hmm. because one of the things is the way we first off learned about emotions was extremely ineffective. That's one of the things that I like to Mm. um, start off with whenever I do um, training on it, because what we don't realize is that emotions really do dictate our actions, our behaviors. Um, the, the, The framework of it is there's an emotion. And then from that emotion, it now fuels a feeling. Feelings are pretty much the um the physical manifestation of an emotion, so for some people who get um sad, some of them cry right some people get angry, okay. they turn red, so that's the physical manifestation now I'm feeling what i am the what am i what I am emoting right this emotion i you're now you can now see it now this someone can say, okay. Someone on the other side can now physically see it, and and now your nervous system is kicking in, right? So that's, like, the physiological aspect of it. So there's, like, an experience that happens. Now there's an emotion that's kicking in. Now you're seeing it, right? Now there's a physical reaction Mm -hmm. happening. Uh, I'm getting, like, I'm getting flustered. Someone might sweat. Someone might turn red. Um, Someone might cry. And then after that happens, the action, now the action happens. So that might be in the words someone says in their response. Mm -hmm. Um, That's when you see road raid situations happen. Someone yells out something, someone steps on the gas and chases someone. So just imagine in a leadership role, right? If you are, I always say it, if you don't have emotional intelligence, being self-aware of how my emotions Mm -hmm. um, affect my actions, Right, how they shape my actions. So say you do have that road rage, right? You have had that experience or you've been in traffic all day. You haven't even you don't even navigate self-awareness or you don't have the emotional intelligence to recognize now you have showed up at work, you're that leader for the day. And now you're taking all that into the workplace. You're not speaking, you're just you taking that one moment and it's turned into like a couple hours of frustration. That's why emotional intelligence is impactful. It can even in a, um, affect your emotion. I mean, excuse me, your decision making. Say you have mm-hmm. had a, an ineffective call or a bad call with a client, or you have engaged in a um, conversation with a team member that was pretty intense if you're not aware of how it affected you, how that emotion revved up that feeling, right? And again, you might not cry, but you might have some type of physical response from it, right, that feeling of it, right? And now the thoughts start kicking in, and now some type of action is happening now. Again, now it's affecting how your decision making, it's affecting your engagement, it's affecting how you're connecting with your team. And again, in a workplace, everyone is emoting. Everyone is feeling emotions. Everyone is feeling them. Everyone is thinking. Everybody is acting. All this is happening all in a team environment. And now it's affecting productivity. Now it's affecting how you're interacting with each other, (laughs) your clients, your customers, and so on. And again, a lot of people are like, keep your emotions. Away, not realizing emotions are a part of us. So, whenever people say um, right. to someone, You're so emotional, I'm like, You are too. You don't even realize you are too. <laughs> and unfortunately, right. um, our first teachers, our parents, our family members, whoever raised us, our community members, our friends, unfortunately, the way we were taught emotions was from happy sad angry not realizing that there are a ton of other emotions not realizing that again these are things that are happening to us on a regular basis and they're affecting how we navigate the world how we respond Um, and it's also affecting how we lead on a day-to-day basis so it is so important to be aware and be emotionally intelligent so you don't um, recognize, so you're recognizing that, okay, I don't want my emotions to be in the driver's seat of my actions. I need to be in the driver's Mm -hmm. seat and learn how to navigate these real emotions and feelings I have so I can um, ensure that I'm leading effectively. I'm supporting my team effectively. I'm supporting, um, because again, I I like to say leadership is self-leadership. We have to be able to lead ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, It's leading because you've chosen a role to lead, right? Because there's a, hey, role-based leadership, because um, we're, we're all leaders, right? Because leadership is influence. Um, and then there's the other part of leadership where we're leaders in ho- at the home, in the household, right? Because right. maybe you have a spouse, mm-hmm. children, or maybe you're just in that role of brother, sister, whatever, right within that household and you're leading in the home. So I always look at it from those different frameworks. So that's why emotional intelligence is um, important, recognizing it for self and then recognize it from the aspect of others. So now you can influence and shift the room when you notice other people, um, actions are affected Mm. due to emotion. So that's the power of a leader being emotionally intelligent for both sides.
1: I like that so let's talk about that i mean we're in a we're in a world spin right now and probably over the last few years and we're going to dig into that a little bit but let's talk about that you know I've heard you know managers should be just you know a certain way do you think in this climate in this day and time emotional intelligence or being able to read the room I don't know if that's the the, the proper term or or being fluid and all that good stuff should leaders be flexible in this day and time or should they have their certain way how should a leader role today
0: yeah um so there was a survey posted or um, revealed or um, excuse me distributed um via linkedin and there are a bunch of surveys that are always done but they talked about employee well-being i mean it really revealed um the major concerns of team members and as leaders we need to be aware of it because again we're Hmm. considering the big picture um how is productivity how is productivity affecting The bottom line, because essentially if it's about producing results, whatever that goal is, we want to make sure those that are supporting the mission and vision, where are they, right? And what is the root cause of the issue? What are their concerns? How can we support them so we can essentially, you know, um, support their needs so it can also support the big picture of productivity, team cohesion, whatever that is. And what it revealed is that, again, Mm -hmm. you have a lot of team members that are navigating burnout. Burnout. Um, there's also a season yeah. of what they call the great resignation. A lot of people following, COVID right. decided to walk away. but is that a real yeah, thing? Is.
1: is that mm-hmm. really a real, is a real thing? thing. Okay.
0: Um, studies have shown there have been a lot of people who have walked away from their roles. Um, and it's because, and of course there are certain industries that have been hit more than others. So let's be clear of that. It has Mm -hmm. been like more of those service industries, um, hospitality industries. However, the pocket of industries for, um, again, you might have corporate industries. They have taken a hit as well. And the reason why is that COVID really made, Mm -hmm. there were so many people in a function of autopilot, meaning get up mm. do this do this do this
1: had their yes. routine yeah and covid mm-hmm. made us
0: pause and stop being in that space of at home with family helping <laughs> the kids do homework it just made us pause <laughs> like you people were around right. family more than they have like They things they never were doing before mm-hmm. things were revealed to them that they never um, recognized that man i didn't know that i was quote-unquote neglecting my family. I didn't know that I was neglecting myself. I didn't know that I was such a workaholic. I didn't know that you needed this from me. I didn't know that I needed this for myself. I didn't know that, you know what, maybe I don't like doing this. So now when the workplaces started to open up and people had these revelations, they made these commitments to themselves, their spouses, when they may be um, separated from maybe uh, personal relationships or habits and so on, Mm -hmm. and now they're going back into the workplace, and now they have to get back into these retreat groups routines again. They were like, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't have this balance. I made this promise to myself. I made this promise to my family. I made this promise to my, 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 my children. I made this promise to me. I made this promise. And now this is going to get in the way. I'd rather be at a place that I can maintain a level of balance or like coach Kendall says, a rhythm, right? I want to be in a yeah, place where yeah. I can maintain a balance or, I want to be, be able to make my own rules. So I'm going to pursue entrepreneurship or I'm just going to retire early. Mm -hmm. So that's why you are seeing more individuals, um, resign. You even saw an uptick because there was a women in workplace survey that was done. You saw more of an uptick in women Mm -hmm. leaving um, corporate, which also affected women in leadership roles, which was actually going up. Um, because again, now you're, you were considering places that Mm -hmm. were closed, or um, being, you know, mom and supporting them in school, they're like, you know what, I kind of like this, you know, and there were a lot of shifts that <laughs> that happened too, um, in the household. So there were so many revelations that happened that going back to the workplace, they're like, hey, I want to uh, I'd rather work at an organization that is supported for. Um, working virtually or having some type of hybrid schedule. Yeah. I'd rather work with a place that mm-hmm. allows. So it, that's really what it was. A lot of individuals has had these revelations and recognized. I want to make a shift. I want to make a change. And mm-hmm. as leaders, we do need to recognize and be more aware of the needs right. of our team members. And um, that it was so beautiful. I had got so many more calls from companies and organizations looking for Either DEI training or emotional intelligence, mm. stress management, and so on, because they recognized that they needed to embed that. Because a lot of individuals were stressed out, navigating anxiety because they were fearful yeah. of getting COVID while at work. They they weren't clear it's of the yeah, it was a thing. real thing. Yeah. So. They started to implement more of those well-being related programming, um, support tools, bringing in those um, trainers to really help their team members navigate that. So I think that's why um, adaptability is one of the key components of leadership. We need to have it regardless because we never know what could happen to shake up everything within our companies from recessions to a pandemic. Um, So, yes, that is a key uh, component within leadership.
1: Uh, I mean, this is a real topic here, and and, I mean, this is something that we're still going through, right? We're not even out of it. But so with that question, I'm going to kind of forge your thinking a little bit. And since I got you here and you got this expertise... What do you see with this change and this disruption? And, and as you described it, the Great Recession. So people are, are rethinking things. Employees are renegotiating the terms of their contracts per se, right? They're, they're trying to figure out, hey, how much more can I get or how much time can I have at home? Every, everything is shifting right now. And you've mentioned it earlier about the remote work. Some people are wanting to really just say, hey, I like this working remote. How do I make this a, a real thing? With that being said, what do you see the future of work? How do you see work going in the future? Uh, d- does this pandemic change things, speed things up to where the future of work is going? And with that, where does what is the leaders gonna look like in the future? Are they gonna still be the same or is it gonna be something different? Well, I think? do
0: definitely think that um, the future of the workplace um, does require change. Um, another thing that I really focus on too is uh, the generational differences in the workplace and um, leaders yes, yes, and organizations yes. recognizing the shifts and the changes that are happening to meet the needs for their future leaders. I mean, you have Gen Zers yeah. navigating ageism um, when they have a wealth yeah. of knowledge, um, but they're bringing in the new, like a new age um, data information. So um, leaders and organizations and maybe um, a population of baby boomers or Gen Xers that are need to know this information to understand, okay, this is what your future clients and your future leaders are gonna need. Mm you're going to need more diversity in your organizations because this is the most diverse um, population, right? Most diverse generation. Mm-hmm. They're going to be looking for that. They're going to be looking for, they are the uh, generation that takes their leave. They are the generation mm-hmm. that you'll see a resume that has four or five positions on there because they will leave an organization that doesn't meet they, their need. They, you know, This idea mm-hmm. of loyalty regardless of Though you don't, you know, um, give me the raise I might deserve. Um, This generation that says, you know, I saw how my parents, my aunts, and uncles were treated, and I'm going in knowing what I want. And if I'm not going to get the support I need, I'm going to transition. They're just navigating things a lot differently. So the idea of um, teleworking or having a hybrid schedule, yes, you know, I think that. It's something Mm -hmm. that a lot of organizations are going to need to implement. And you're seeing that you're seeing the Twitters and these other organizations um, like the Nikes are saying, like, you know, we're going to have a down day. That's focused on mental health because you have a generation that talks about Mm. that more. Right. Prior prior to talking about about mental health wasn't a norm and being open and open to talk about mental health in the workplace or just out in the open wasn't the norm. Um, So I do see the future of the workplace being something that is more. Um, it's different, right? That's more open to this type of dialogue that's going to have more resources that is structured differently where there's more flexibility recognizing that individuals can still get the work done in the workplace with the computer, have a couple of days in the office, you know, and have that flexibility and how it's going to benefit the team member that's supporting that mission and vision. Um, and that's ultimately what you're looking for. If it will support the team member and it's going to help their productivity, it's going to help them um, connect and it's going to build that company loyalty yeah. so they'll stay there, then it's worth having. It is something worth looking at as well. So I think that um, it is something that a lot of companies are already embedding and some companies are taking their time because again, they're like, I don't like this. Does this really work? It will work. Um, <laughs> it just takes some like understanding and just try it. Just try it and just test it out right. and see. It's all in the data. The data will show you if it works, the data will show you who it doesn't work with. And those are the individuals you'll say, you know what? You need to come back into the office. I love it. I love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> come on come back. back. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I love what you brought. You know, there's so many generations all working at once. And, I, you know, I, I, I get fascinated when I every time someone talks about that because there's so you know I hate to label different groups but there are differences in these groups and and what they want and and what they need and and they've been impacted by different eras of things that have happened you know obviously this covid that is taking place is going to impact another generation it's going to impact another a younger generation coming up because of this impact so i love what you're doing so with 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 that being said as as we're dealing with young leaders, right? I'm sure you probably talk to a lot of young leaders. Um, What are things that you're saying someone who's emerging leader? They're not exactly, maybe they don't have that title yet. Maybe they are a frontline leader, middle management leader. They haven't got up to that corporate space that they're looking for. What are some things that you're talking to them and and coaching them through to get up to that place uh, of leadership?
0: I'm just remain being authentically who they are. Right. Um, Because on the other Mm -hmm. side, I am doing the work to be that bridge builder. Um, Because, again, it's easy to go into a system and conform and think that you have to change who you are. Um, So I do let them know, yes, you are going into an entity, a structure that does a a thing a certain way. Um, And so telling, you know, everyone, hey, you want to research and understand the culture and the company that you're going into. I tell anyone that goes into a position okay, have you researched? Have you learned about them? Um, what are your wants and needs? Because the reality is a lot of us do go into a lot of roles and positions like pick me versus I choose you. Okay. <laughs> right. Again, a lot of us go into roles <laughs> and <laughs> positions. And again, they are great opportunities, but we a lot of us go into positions <laughs> right. and roles like pick me versus I choose you. And sometimes we're not right. asking the questions that we might should we should ask to find out, is this culture and climate really f- going to fit mm. my needs? Is it going to fit my mm. needs? Um, so based off of the cold, like really research, find out. Right. There's so many um, great um, sites like Glassdoor. Um, there's LinkedIn mm-hmm. where you can reach out to people and really learn about the industry and the places that you want to go to. And the more you start to understand and learn about these industries you or. or, or um, uh, corporate entities and spaces, the more that you'll start to say, you know what? Okay, this might not fit my, um, my needs. Or again, we're going to all go through those um, experiences where we might end up in a company that we might not enjoy as much, but I also let them know, mm-hmm. you know, always look at these experiences as, as what lesson am I, am I learning? Again, that's cliche, but it's reality. They're going to be, oh, yeah. um, I did a, <laughs> uh, um, I did a pre um episode that I'll be uh, posting um, in a couple weeks. And we talked about adversity for leaders and how it's good because mm. adversity does help us grow. Adversity makes us mm. um learn um a it it makes us um work on our conflict resolution skills. It allows us yeah. to be aware of our blind spots. Um and then it really makes us reflect and identify what areas we need to grow, grow in and also have that good conversation with someone else that we might see a blind, blind spot in to let them know that okay, this is things that you need yeah. to grow in, so There might be some situations when that emergent leader or that, you know, I call them the generation of the future that they end up in. But what lesson can you learn? How can you apply that lesson for for the next um, opportunity that you have so you can continue to grow and develop? And even at your interview, you can use that as an example. What was the time that you experienced adversity and (laughs) what did you learn from that? Well, when I was at this last company, da 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 yeah. right? So, again, always looking for the growth opportunity, even if it's not the best situation. What have you learned? That's and then good. progressing from there. Um, so, again, start looking at opportunities prior to and really seeing if there's a fit and then looking for the lessons in those experiences so you can take it on to the next opportunity.
1: Oh, I love how you said that. Definitely, you know, obviously we do need to be a, per, a, not a perfect fit, but a better fit for the organizations that we go to. But I love what you said about, you know, um, using adversity, you know, you know, and I'm not trying to uh, diss a younger generation, but you know, this generation is the younger generation, they, they strive for perfection. They strive to get it right. They want to get it right the first time. And, and sometimes they may avoid the conflict. They may avoid the challenge. They may avoid the hard uh, work is necessary in order to be, you know, to do the thing right. And so, what you're saying, you know, hey, learn from that. Whatever experience that you have, learn from that so you can develop and grow and it will build you along the way. Um, would you say, speaking still to those young leaders, you know, it's probably a different day in time, but should they be taking roles or taking on roles for the money or should they be taking on roles uh, specifically for what that role can do for them? How are you coaching young leaders when, when presented with opportunities in front Definitely of them? Definitely
0: for the opportunities. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll if even if before they get into the corporate spaces, I'm like, what can you do even now within the community, within the spaces you have now mm-hmm. that can develop within those skills? But yeah, there are going to be seasons yeah. or opportunities that might not necessarily have a financial return, but there is still a return on the investment. Um, there might be a volunteer or some type of like cohort you can join, something you can enjoy. Uh, excuse me, join that will give you maybe the return on the investment is relationships. Again, maybe it's knowledge, maybe it's experience. i mean, recognize that's going to mm-hmm. make you stand out. So just recognizing that, you know, um, community service, it might expose you to um, other cultures, people with different background that you need to get around in. So when you end up in a space where you're around a diverse group of individuals, you're not like, oh my goodness, this is the first time I'm around <laughs> a lot of diverse people because again, DE&I is something that's important. But again, the beautiful thing is this is a generation that has been around diversity. But yeah, Yeah. just so really looking at opportunities more from, okay, the ROI isn't always financial, um, it is also okay. relational. It also might be, again, um, educational. You know. It might be these other pockets that I can learn from. And then also recognizing there will be times and seasons where it's like, show me the money. like Because you put in the work. <laughs> right? Yeah, because you put in the work. <laughs> right. You have the expertise. Right. Um, and you, again, right. I choose you. I know what I've done. I know my experience. I know what I have done to support. Um, myself and develop and be prepared for this. So having those moments where it's like, okay, yeah, no, I deserve this. I have done the work for this. Um, So yes, being able to balance the two. but yes, there are going to be seasons where it's more um, service-based in a sense, but you are getting a lot back from it. So we have to remember that mindset as well. Even for us leaders that are at higher tiers, there are going to be some volunteer or opportunities where we're not getting financially, but we're getting
1: Rich in other ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I love it, Aisha. This is, you know, you, you can definitely tell in this conversation, you are definitely out to see people win. You're looking to develop people, you know, in the space that you're in. You're really looking for organizations to win, right? You're you're providing uh tools, resources, uh, giving them the tips that they need to really uh take it to the next level and really grow in the space uh, that they're in. So with that being said, you know, we're going to get out of here shortly. But how can people, you know, follow you? You know, I I, I mentioned the podcast, but what are other uh, ways that people can connect to you, follow the information you've got going on? How can people connect Yeah, so with of you?
0: course, there's my website, AishaThomas.org, A-I-S-H-A-T-H-O-M-A-S.org. Um, all my social media links are there, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, even YouTube. I have a YouTube series. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a new one, actually. It's called Normalizing okay. Emotions <laughs> Daily. Um, so this is a series that nice. I'm going to be posting videos to really start to normalize. And so I'm educating people on emotional literacy, um, explaining to them what emotions are, um, and introducing them to different um, different emotions, right? Ones that are outside of the three, happy, sad, and angry. I'm going to be talking about different <laughs> scenarios. So it's going to be really just guiding them through this process of emotional literacy. I have a um, a leadership development, why you need leadership development, because again, you have, I mean, we have business leaders as well that don't invest in leadership development. They want to learn how to get the bag. They want to learn how to like make more money. And I'm just (laughs) like, you need to learn leadership development because again, you have leaders leading with a lack of emotional intelligence. And because of that, their business is broken down or they're, they're having team issues (laughs) and they're not doing team development or they're even navigating some internal related issues and they have to get past that. No work on your leadership development where's your line item for that um so I have a why you need leadership development series a team development series about things that common issues that um teens have um so again all on my youtube page and of course I have my podcast leader set trends um I have some books but again my website AishaThomas.org, is like the connect to everything um, (laughs) as well and social media is at miss aisha thomas um so that's how you connect with me wow
1: awesome now before i get out of here i gotta have this random question i always do this uh and this was gonna it was very random and i when i say random it's random (laughs) so you know you know i realized at one point you were into a little little boxing right (laughs) right so you you gotta tell me you gotta tell our audience who is who inspires you in boxing if you could get in the ring who would you get in the ring with You've got to tell us who, who inspires you in boxing and who would you love to get in the ring with? Oh, <laughs> no, did I get that right? Did no, I get that no, no, wrong? No, no, you're
0: right. You're right. Um, so, <laughs> so, yes, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, I was an insp- aspiring MMA fighter one time. Yes, I know it sounds great. Yes, oh, wow. I was. So, wow. um,
1: <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me expand that question oh, beyond no. boxing. So, yes, a fighter, right? <laughs>
0: Um so interesting thing is, you know, remember back pay-per-view, fifty dollars. Um, so again, yeah. migrant, but again, one of the things that my parents always got or my family purchased were the Mike Tyson fights. Those were fights they always purchased Okay, Mike Tyson. Okay. And I was fascinated. <laughs> I found myself as a little girl mm-hmm. fascinated by Mike Tyson. I thought it was fascinated what he did. And I found myself wanting <laughs> like wanting to do boxing. I was like, I want to be like Mike, but not Mike J- Michael Jordan, wow. but Mike Tyson.
1: Right. Yeah, so Mike as Tyson. I as wow. I um, okay. started
0: to you know um, grow up, um, I also found myself really gravitating towards martial arts. I just liked martial arts movies and so on. Jackie Chan movies when they came on, I would watch them. So it was like a okay. merge of those two. <laughs> so <laughs> my parents couldn't afford me going to a martial arts studio. So once I got into my twenties and had my own job. I invested in myself and I started to
1: you actually I did I actually it.
0: invested and I started to <laughs> train in martial arts and boxing at the same time and yeah it took me into comp- competing and everything so yeah.
1: Were you were you pretty good? Can you I have a world championship. Is there some okay all right all right that is yeah, so awesome world that's so world awesome
0: championship for the united states overseas oh,
1: wow so, yeah, wow there. well shout outs to you right that just means hey don't nobody get in the ring with her without preparing <laughs> <laughs> i
0: miss it i do miss it but yeah that 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 was something yeah. i pursued so yeah
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, we really enjoyed this conversation. I think this is a you know a topic, especially for so many individuals that are emerging leaders, for actual leaders right now that are in that leadership seat right now. Some of the things uh, that were mentioned today, you know, the emotional intelligence, just understanding certain things. You know, we can be uh, so many years in leadership and there's still things that we can do to refine our leadership, to be better, to get better. And in some cases, you may have to ask someone to sit down with some individual that can help you. Analyze your skill and your leadership skills, you know, so that you can take it to the next level. And so I think this conversation is, well, it was definitely on point because I believe most of you that are listening to this behind the grind podcast, you are leaders. And so what better way to talk about the things that really will make you better and stand out if you wanna be the best leader in your field, in your profession, in your occupation, whatever that may be, is always learning, going to the school and developing and getting better and better. And things change with time. you know leadership things that worked a few years ago, the principle may be still solid, but things change as people and things evolve. And it's important to constantly uh, build yourself in that space. So with that being said, you know, definitely follow the, uh, the, the links, the, the, the um, social media site, Most importantly, catch her on her podcast, a leaders set trend podcast, I believe. And you'll get some more nuggets uh, from my girl. She's definitely in the space of building leaders, next generation leaders and current leaders in that space.
0: As always, I want to thank you for tuning in today and always remember leaders, we have influence. Many of us have access to rooms and spaces where we can educate, where we can advocate, where we can share information that might be new that can shift an organization in a direction that will benefit the masses in their future. So be that change. Don't just consume, apply. Do that one thing this week, this month, this year. And if this message, this podcast has benefited you, make sure you share this, leave a review, subscribe. This is how this message spreads. And make sure you go to my YouTube page and do the same thing. And if you need to reach me, contact me at info at AishaThomas.org or go to my website, AishaThomas.org. And you can also follow me on all social media platforms at Miss Aisha Thomas. Go out and be great. And remember, individuals don't typically quit the organization. They typically quit the leader. Let's not be leaders that people quit, but people run to support because we're doing our part to be influential.